Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Echelbarger. Hey, I'm Frank Mills, and thanks again for joining us uh, today. Whether you're watching or listening, we definitely appreciate it. And Armin has come up with another great show for you. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about how Armin has changed up his chest workouts, and hopefully that can offer some insight and help you uh, with yours. And then also, we've got a lot of uh, questions and topics from the fans of the show, and we appreciate that content that you're sending us. So thank you so much for that. And with that being said, let's get started, Armin. Um, talking about changing your chest workout. Now, it sounds like a, a pretty darn good topic to me, but what made you decide to talk about this today? Well, uh, it seems like, you know, when I'm in the gym, most people... Uh, they're just they're sticking to the same routine uh, i mean it's just like seems like forever mm -hmm. uh, which you know, it's going to affect the results uh, in the long term in my opinion so um i just feel it's too it's hard to stay motivated with your training because you're going to plateau and you need to to you just have to adjust things and if you don't do that that's what's going to happen and so you know i don't know what other people are doing but you know i felt like well if you're looking for change up and some strategy with training your chest, uh, these are things that I've done for myself and my clients and they work well. So I thought, well, it's just, you know, we've done, done other videos about chest training, but uh, I think this one was uh, you know, a little bit more unique. Well, that is good to hear. So let's talk about your approach. I mean, exactly <laughs> what do you do when you train your chest? All right. So, one of the things you got to analyze with overall chest development, if you want to really make it look good and full, is you've got uh, you've got different areas to work. You've got the upper area, upper pec line, and you've got the main chest area, and then you have the lower pec line. And so there's different movements can help attack those areas. So what I like to do to keep my training uh, focused is always pick one area. Uh, for my emphasis of the training mm -hmm. for chest that day. Um, so for example, uh, you know, one of the, one, of the, one training session will be focusing upper, even though I'm going to train the whole entire chest, I'm going to put more emphasis on upper. Then another okay. day would be the whole chest, you know, just working it. And then another day would be, okay, I want to get some, see how my lower outside pecs, I'm going to do a little bit more emphasis than that. Now you can kind of do what's working for you. Um, mm -hmm. If everything in your chest is developing really nicely and you don't have to do that, well, that's great. You know, it just didn't work that way for me. I had to work a lot harder to get the chest development. So that's hmm. how I break things down. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I guess we could start at the top and talk about your approach to the upper pec. And why don't we start there and then we can go on to the other areas. Okay. So my philosophy for trust chest training you know after a good warm-up is to start with fly work now a lot of people don't like to do that because they they feel it's going to make them weaker on their compound movements but hmm. you got to think past that 
Okay. You can always, you know, do a day where you're doing compound movements. If you really feel like that's, that's really necessary. I just found over the years that that that's really not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it, to me, if you want to get the chest to work much more effectively, then I like to do the fly work using dumbbells or a pec tech machine, or you can use cables to help isolate the pecs and to pre-exhaust it. So you get that full of, you know, full stretch of the inner part of the chest all the way to the outer part of the chest. Mm-hmm. And the other reason is, is, you know, your triceps aren't going to be all tired because they're not really that involved. You're doing pressing movements and at least compound movements. You got your triceps are involved, your shoulders are involved. And so, and depending on how your development is, they can overtake, you know, you're getting that effectiveness into the chest area. Mm-hmm. So another thing is, is a lot of the equipment choices are going to be basically determined based on what's available at the gym. Right. So that'll be another factor. So like when it comes to training, you get a lot of variables. So what I want to do is make sure that I'm going how I, I approach it and it, it works pretty good. Um, so if I'm going to do incline flies, then my warm up is usually going to be neutral grip uh, dumbbell presses since I'll be, you know, using, um, you know, the neutral grip for the fly movement. So, and a lot of people don't necessarily do the neutral grip press movement. I've noticed that a lot too. Now, Vince was big, big on the neutral grip press movement. And neutral grip just basically means your palms face each other. Mm-hmm. Most people do a pronated grip, you know, where you hold your, your uh, elbows across from each other, like a, you would do with a bench press or something like that. So you just do dumbbells that way. That's what most people do. But when you're going to do fly work, you know, if you do the neutral grip, you're stretching the area uh, with with that same grip. And then when you get ready to do fly work, you're just going to take the arms out wider. So that's why I like to do that. Hmm. Interesting. Now, do you go heavy on fly movements? Um, and, and if you do also, I was curious about the rep range. All right. So there's going to be uh, uh, some hot debate on this one, too, <laughs> okay. um, because you've got these quote unquote experts, which, you know, I, I just don't get it, but they're like fly work. You gotta be, you're going to hurt, you're going to injure yourself. And yeah, if you're not careful and you don't pay attention to what you're doing, yes, you're going to injure yourself, but that goes with anything you're doing. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll just, I can just tell you flat out that fly work has helped my chest development dramatically. And if you listen to somebody like athlean X, you compare my chest to his chest, mm-hmm. it's a huge difference, okay, because the way I train. And he's like, you don't do fly work. Uh, and he likes to do single arm stuff, which, you know, I've done that too. That's not very effective. So the stuff okay. I'm talking about works really well. So I do like to go heavy. And, you know, with heavy, you get that muscle density, okay, and the and the uh, thickness to help it. You know, so you, you want to go heavy. Um, now, the other thing is, is you want to keep the, uh, when I'm going heavy, you keep the elbows in line, you know, straight across from each other. So that you're getting the stretch on the pec line and the elbows are bent. So mm-hmm. I like to control the weight. So the one thing with fly movement and, and other movements is people do them too fast. So I like to control the weight. So I do a four, one, one, two tempo. All right. So that's a four count negative. So I'm coming down real slow with the dumbbells. Then I'm going to do a one count stretch, make sure I'm engaging the, the muscle. One count up positive, then a two count squeeze contraction of the chest muscles. Mm-hmm. You could play with that different ways. You could, you know, you can mix that up. But the point of that is, is doing a slow controlled movement. 
what do you think your chances are of getting injured if you do it that way? Okay, there you go. And then at the same time, I like you to go to failure or close to failure. Now, there's a lot of proponents against that too. Again, you just got to be smart about how you do it. But I can tell you, I've gotten really good results from that. All hmm. right. So then the preferred rep range is I don't like to do a lot of reps um, because I'm using heavy weight. So I like to stay in the six to 10 rep range. And you can you can obviously go over that. But I think your minimum needs to be at least six because then your time and attention is going to be more, more quality because you typically want to have about 30 seconds of constant tension on the muscle to fatigue it. So that way you're getting all the muscle fibers um, knocked out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, if you don't get all the muscle fibers knocked out, then you're not going to get full development, and that's what you're looking for, okay? Now, I know there's a lot of guys that uh, don't like ex- isolation exercises because, you know, they feel like you're not going to use as much weight, like I mentioned before, uh, and they prefer using heavy compound exercises, and then they end up doing the fly work. I did all that shit. I did that for a long time, okay? And it can work for some people. It does work for one of my brothers. But for me, does not work. So if you're one of those people that's on the struggle bus with your chest development, you need to pay attention to what we're talking about here. Now, if you're doing combat movements, your chest is growing, well, probably not a big deal, okay? But I just feel like most of the people I see, their chest doesn't develop very well. So that's why I'm bringing this up. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So, Armin, I am kind of curious on the sets. How many sets do you typically do? Yeah, so that's another thing that it's going to vary depending on your level of experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm typically going to do three hard sets. And I've done just one set to failure, and I've gotten some results from that. But, you know, again, I've been training for a long time. So for me, that's what I do. Um, now, if you're, you know, if you have been training for, you've only been training for four or five years, and you're probably going to get a lot just out of doing two sets. I'm mm-hmm. really working hard. And you, you want to get good recovery, okay? So that can work as well. Uh, but again, recovery is a key point there. But for me, I'm typically doing three sets. I really want to exhaust the pecs. And then that way, when I go to the to the compound pressing movements, my triceps are still fresh. My shoulders are still fresh. And I got something that further exhausts the chest. And that's the point I want to make on why I pick out different sections. Mm-hmm. That, that's, uh, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause normally when I see people working out, it, it's normally at two. Uh, you really don't see anybody go to that third set. So that, that's actually kind of interesting. Now, what about supersets, tricets, giant drop sets, uh, or oh, yeah. higher intensity strategies? Uh, how do you feel about that? All right. So as you as you develop your central nervous system, your efficiency gets really good. So that's where these things can come in to really change it and, and keep it fresh. Because when you're doing triceps, you know, going one exercise to the next, like three different movements is what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Or you're doing a giant set where you go to four different exercises without any rest. You don't know exactly how you're going to do when you first start out because you're pushing yourself with each one of these sets. And so that really ramps up intensity, but it also helps you to stimulate other muscle fiber <clears throat> that you probably weren't getting before. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that's what we're talking about. Intensity is what builds muscle. And gotcha. so I think that this is one of the things that if you if you've been training for a while, then you could plug this in, but you may not want to do it too often. You may not want to do it maybe once a month or maybe no more than every two weeks to see how you respond. 
Right. The soreness level right. is a whole nother level. Uh, believe me. <laughs> I bet. So I bet. That, that's why, uh, you know, so I can't go into too much depth because that's a whole nother conversation. Um, <laughs> but this, at the same right. time, if you're looking for something to really shock the muscle a little bit for more simulation, they're very effective. Really, okay. really recommend them. All right. All right. Well, who knows? Maybe that's a whole other show. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe we could go into that. But so, so from what I'm thinking, I guess after doing your actual pre-exhaust isolation work, you're going to go to more of, you know, your compound exercise, correct? Exactly. Oh, so okay. now I got okay. the chest all warmed up. I got the shoulders warmed up. Everything's all warmed up. Okay. So now I can go as, I want to go as heavy as possible to further fatigue the chest muscles, you know, by doing the movement properly. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm, I'm going for six to 10 high quality reps uh, to failure or at least close to it. And again, I'll probably do a four, one, one, two tempo for three sets. So a four count negative coming down slow and controlled stretch for one count, pop it up in the one count, you know, basically power the weight up and then squeeze the chest again to keep activating that muscle tissue as much as possible. I just thought this works really well. So just mm-hmm. moving the weight up and down real fast, you're not really getting a whole lot out of it. So, yeah. and I've been doing this for a long time. So, and the other thing is when you do a slower tempo, you're not going to be able to use as much weight because you're going to hit the wall a lot sooner than you would prefer to. And I've right. been there, but it, it is what it is. All right. So that, you know, dumbbell presses would be one. Um, like I like to do the Garanda. Uh, barbell neck press if you're trying to do something for incline um but then then they have some good machines hammer makes good machines and makes good machines for the upper chest but then you mm-hmm. always have the dumbbells so depending on what you have to work with and now another thing i do like to i want to mention is when you do incline work on on pressing movements now this applies more for machines and uh, you know a d- the dumbbell bench is you want to keep the angle kind of low you don't want a high angle because that higher angle it typically is going to engage more shoulder than get the upper pec line, which you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So that upper pec line is just, it, it's typically above the nipple area. You want to get that whole part of your chest to pop out. And that's what we're talking about training here and isolating. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. All right. So what is next after incline presses? All right. So then I'm going to move actually to the flat press so I can work the whole chest. So I've got the, the, uh, the upper chest is already, you know, pretty shot. So now I'm going to focus on doing as heavy as I can again with dumbbells or a machine, uh, you know, pressing machine or something like that. Um, so that I can really, again, using the same tempo sets and reps, further fatigue the entire chest. So that way I know I've maxed out what I've done. Mm-hmm. It's just my energy level, okay, because I'm already tired from doing the upper, is not going to be quite as good. That's why I'm talking about rotating these different combinations to really affect the area uh, more intensely. Well, knowing you, there's probably more, but I guess that's the question. Is there more? Yeah. So okay. what I also like to finish up with uh, is doing the Garanda dips for my lower pec line. So – you know, a lot of you can do decline movements and that's fine, but your decline movements with dumbbells, you got to be really careful with those. And I've done those, I've done dumbbell flies, and I've done dumbbell uh, decline presses. But on, unfortunately, you're going to have a dismount problem when you get done because if you're really pushing yourself and you're going close to failure or failure, 
you know, you got to be really careful how you unload it because you're in a bad position to unload the dumbbells. Mm-hmm. Even if you throw them forward, you're still putting a strain on your front shoulders. It's happened to me. So I don't like using uh, dumbbell work for decline because of the way it's set up. Now, I really do like doing it with the Garanda dips because that really works well. And he's got two different versions of that, mm-hmm. uh, which you can get into you know, the different trainings from Garanda. Uh, and then um, uh, doing a decline press machine. And I like those because you're in a safe position and you can really use some heavy weight, but mm-hmm. again, with six to 10 quality reps. Now, with dips, you know, you can add a dip belt if you want to add more but you're basically doing as many reps as possible in the dip. So that's gotcha. not one that you're doing six to 10 in your rest and you're doing as many as you can with your dips. So there's one differential there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you're either using body weight or you've added the dip belt on to, um, to make it a little more difficult. And that's the end of the workout then. Well, I prefer to do the dips at the end. Okay. Cause uh-huh. I've already hit everything and I'm strong on dips. So, you know, I could do a lot of reps. If I start out fresh on dips, then, you know, I, I could probably do 20 or more reps. So it doesn't make sense for me to do dips in the beginning because that's something I'm really strong on. So gotcha. I always do them at the end. That's another thing that people need to take into account. If you're not strong on dips, then you probably want to do those in the beginning to build the, the whole central nervous system, all the mechanics of your muscles to do them more effectively. So that's that's why I do it at the end. So, but I'm still going to hit that to, to finish up with because I want to hit the lower outer pec line. So I then go from there. Okay. So, so you do them at the end of the workout and pretty much by that point, you're, you're pretty much done, right? Yeah. I'm toast about that. Yeah. It's like, okay, I don't, <laughs> I, I would, you know, I, I have a really good pump. The muscles are really tight and, you know, I've hit everything I think in, in the best way, uh-huh. but you always want to, you always want to evaluate when you get done, you know, how everything is responding, you know, so it's good to flex the chest a little bit to see if you've hit, you've got a nice thickness and all the fibers are activating. Right. And if you got right. a lot, of, if you have soft areas, which a lot of guys do, then you got a lot more thickness. You got to develop it because mm-hmm. you don't have quality muscle. These guys that go around and they think they got, people think they're big, but they don't have quality muscle underneath because, you know, they, they it looks soft. It doesn't get mm-hmm. striated. So right. if you're getting striations in, in, in your chest after you get done training, you're getting it done. And so that's, you know, again, you have to evaluate how it's all working for you. Gotcha. Of course, some of that's, that, you know, that, the main part of that's also going to be nutrition too. So, Okay. So how long does the workout normally last, Armin? So again, I like to go kind of fast. So I don't take, you know, long breaks. And I know there's people like, well, if you take longer breaks, you can use heavier weight. You're going to get more mass. Well, maybe. Okay, that's something you can do. Sure, not a problem. I've done that in the past. Right. But I can tell you from personal experience, I've I got much, and even Vince preferred it. Is you got I got much better results from moving at a quicker pace, going as hard as I can. But again, intensity is what builds muscle. So that's either heavy weight or that's moving at a higher pace with heavy weight. So you got to keep those things in mind. So. Um, typically for me, it's going to be 20 to 25 minutes, depending on mm-hmm. how busy the gym is and I've nailed my chest pretty, pretty good. Now there are some times when I will do a high volume day and then I may go just train the chest all by itself and then sp- spend 40 minutes, uh, training chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but the soreness when you do that again you're really making things happen the soreness is pretty rough so that's another thing you got to make sure you're getting recovered from what you're doing so after you're done with that session on your next chest training session is it different yeah so you know i've in this particular example, we hit the upper chest. So the next time I come in, I'm going to either focus on the middle or I'm going to focus on the lower part. Gotcha. So, but I'm still going to work the upper chest. So mm-hmm. the, all the sections are going to get worked. It's just that there won't be as much of an emphasis. And, uh, you know, the next, you know, so if I do the middle or the whole chest, then the next session will be uh, focusing on the lower part of the area. Mm-hmm. So, and again, uh, that could be, uh, with you know starting out with dips you know with weight or uh different machines i like machines for the lower pec line so right right that would be how i do that and then you know if i feel this is getting my chest a complete development along with changing the types of equipment um that i have available so i i just i've seen much better shaping of my chest over the years by doing these kind of strategies and so and again if your old chest is is growing well and it's all striated then what you're doing is working so that's the Mm -hmm. thing but what i'm talking about didn't work for me so i had to get a little more creative (laughs) gotcha gotcha well i i know that one of the most important things to you is recovery so my next question is how often do you chain train your chest all right that's a good point so uh i've done it a lot of ways obviously so i've done it once a week i've done it twice a week and I, at one point i was doing it three times a week which that that wasn't necessary because just i just wouldn't get in the recovery so once a week and twice a week i've always gotten results so again if it's a high volume training probably only go once a week you know kind of change it up um but you know if you're getting good recovery then go twice a week because you're going right. to get better results and you know, you're going to you're going to learn more about your chest development doing it that way. All right. But currently, um, you know, I'm training my chest two times a week right now because I'm doing a lot of experimentation with the super compensation strategy we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, several months ago. So, and it seems to be working pretty much. Strength's good. Uh, this thing is I'm kind of limited on the dumbbells because they go up to hundred pounds. So I'm doing like 17, 18 reps with the hundred pound dumbbells. So that's why, you know, to make that tougher, I do the fly work before to cut that back uh, to make it a lot more difficult, which it does. So to kind of give you an example, if you have limit, limitations, then doing these pre-exhaust, pre-exhaust strategies and then tri-sets and giant-sets, that can really make things still hmm. work for you with having limitations. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we're starting to run uh, low on time here, so... What else do you have for us to wrap up the segment? Well, in my opinion, your chest training is going to depend on your level of experience and development. So, you know, start with things as simple as you can so you can learn from it. And then as you get more seasoned and things aren't responding as well, that's when you want to start trying these other techniques out uh, to change it up. And plus, it, it's more fresh that way. Mm-hmm. You know, training, training can get really stale. Uh, you know, especially, you know, I know, I know a lot of guys probably know that. So you got to change up the combination of exercises. Uh, you know, you don't want to just keep the same order, which you see a lot of people do. They do everything in the exact same order. That's okay in the beginning, but it, you know, after a while, it's like your body's like, okay, here we go. We're going to do this again. You know, it's it just, it's, it's not the same. Right. So right. if your upper chest is lacking, 
You want to prioritize your training for your upper chest. Okay. Bottom line. Okay. Train it more often. So two times a week, maybe focus on it. And if it's not lacking, well, then you want to look at other areas that may be lacking and just kind of keep moving around uh, to, to learn what responds to it. And that's where other exercises come in to, you know, finding out which works best for you on hitting the lower pecs. Because you can do cable crossovers and they can hit the lower pecs really well too with different angles. So anyways, I mean, there's just a lot of things that you want to mm-hmm. uh, be open-minded about. And you know, if it don't get all caught up in how much weight you're using. That'll come as you get more developed with the movements. You'll you'll use heavy weight. That's what I saw happen. So, anyway, that's my thoughts on it. <laughs> no, no, I I actually see that in the gym is everybody's trying to go fast, and I don't know if they're trying to impress people. Like, look how fast I can pump this weight. But very rarely do you see slow, methodical, good form movements uh, in the yeah. gym, and, and you can tell yeah. those are the people that are experienced and are getting the results that uh, they're looking for. So that's awesome. But hopefully the segment helps everybody understand that there are different things that you can do to change yeah. up your chest workout and get the maximum results. Uh, so Armin, a lot of great information. Thanks so much for that today. All right, good. All right. All right, everybody, stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition, and Armin and I will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. Hey, I'm Frank Mills. And hey, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but if you check out nspnutrition.com, um, I, I was a little surprised, but I didn't know uh, it's World Health Month. So <laughs> check out NSP Nutrition. You get 10% off your entire order. And if you have an order of $200, over $200, you get a free tank top. So check out the deal uh, on nspnutrition.com today. All right. So, you know, Armin, fan questions. We get a lot of good questions on this show. And uh, I really like that we started this content because we get to learn from other people and help them with the hurdles or the frustrations that they're having. And uh, we've got a guy named Bray. He's in Austin, Texas. And Bray heard our show about sugar and carbs. And he was kind of interested. He knew that sugar was bad, but he didn't know that sugar told our body to stop burning fat, right? So a lot of people aren't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so. He he was intrigued with that, but what really intrigued him was how carbs, if you're eating a lot of carbs, can turn to sugar, which can turn off that fat-burning process as well. And um, he wanted to know, one, how did you find out that that's what happened with carbs? Was it from your own personal experience or something you read? And then he's got a part two after you answer that one. 
Well, it's it's from research. Uh, okay. Because, you know, I had periods of time where I was being bloated and things. It's like, what causes this bloating? Um, and so the reality is, is insulin is something that you got to deal with to, you know, to gain weight because it helps gain weight really easy. Okay. Because because whenever you have carbohydrates, insulin has to come up to process them. Same thing with sugar. But any carbohydrates that can't be stored into the muscles will be converted to sugar and stored in the fat cells. So insulin is a storage hormone. It's a, it's a growth kind of hormone. So it's going to do that. But most people have no idea how those things work. And that's why we, uh, we brought that up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. His, his second question was quite interesting uh, as well. Bray grew up eating a lot of breakfast cereal. Uh, his yeah, mom would did. buy him, you know, boxes of cereal and he, he's a cereal. He likes cereal. Okay. Yeah. But the whole sugar show really threw a wrench in that. And he's like, Armin, do you eat cereal? And if so or not, is there a cereal out there that is worth spending my time on anymore? Or is it time to get the cereal impact in my life, is it time to throw it out? So that's his next question. All right. Well, the biggest problem you have is cereal in general. Okay. And I've done it. I've done this a lot of ways as well. Uh, It's processed carbs. So processed carbs have no fiber. It's going to convert to sugar and it's going to get stored. If your muscles are already full of glycogen and your liver is full of glycogen. So if they're not full of glycogen, then yeah, it'll be stored in the muscles and the liver. That's the one that you want to keep in mind. But most people's glycogen stores are pretty, pretty regularly filled. So if you've been training and you just get done training, you want an instant spike, you want to have a little bit of sugar for that. Well, then you maybe have a little bit of cereal for that. I, uh, yep. I don't do it because it's processed food. It's not natural food. And so uh, I don't, I, I'd rather do something that's more natural for me. Gotcha. Now, I used to, I grew up on sugar or I grew up on cereal as well. <laughs> Not, right. Nothing new there. I was a cap and crunch guy. You know, what? You know, fruity pebbles, whatever, they all are good to me because it's, again, it's 75% sugar. Right, so I get right. it. Um, yep. So only thing, yep. only time I would say, okay, if you want that treat, then if you're going to do a carbohydrate reload, then I'd have some, you know, with your carbohydrate re- reload meal. Now, that's if you're watching your carbohydrates. So I don't right. know if, if he's lean or he's not lean. So that's another factor, too. If you're not lean then no, you don't want to have that at all until you get lean. And the thing to keep in mind is it's just going to check up your insulin. So if you're looking to gain weight, well, you can have some. Yeah. But again, I would prefer to do something more natural. Um, And I I did oatmeal for, for forever too. And that I'm not, I'm a, I hate oatmeal. I don't recommend that to anybody. You know, I did it and all I got was bloated and there was this healthy heart stuff, that's just a bunch of crock of crap. So <laughs> that's just my viewpoint on it. But uh, hopefully it gives you some ideas and uh, hopefully right, it helps you. Right. <laughs> right. Well, Bray, hopefully that helps. And if you have some more questions after hearing all this information, send us another <laughs> question. We appreciate it, though. Uh, right. Next question is from Stephen. And uh, Stephen is in Columbus, Georgia. Stephen okay. wants to know, um, Armin, from from your shows that we've done on protein, mm-hmm. 
we mentioned as far as maybe beef liver, we, you know, as far as beef and, and bison and wild meat and stuff like that. Do you ever get tired of eating protein or do you change it up? Do you have different things that you do to change up your nutrition plan so you don't get bored because he's been, he eats a lot of chicken, yeah. a lot of beef, vegetables, and he's like, it's, I, I'm so bored. Do you have any suggestions for him? Are there other types of protein, other ways to change up the nutrition plan to make it a little bit more, I guess maybe something to look forward to, to eat a little bit more. He sounds like he's in a rut. Yeah. Well, that's easy to do with, with the, the standard bodybuilding kind of regimens, you know, everything's lean meat, lean this, lean that. And I did all that shit too. And, um, that's, that's not necessary if you understand how to burn fat. So, gotcha. and Vince, gotcha. and Vince Garana knew that too. So, you know, if like, for example, you know, I have a period of time where I'd have just six whole eggs. Well, now, um, I'm doing all natural bacon. So I'm having five whole eggs and a couple strips of bacon. Tastes great. You know, again, you buy yep. natural bacon that does have nitrates and nitrites in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, salmon is a good, is a good uh, food source. So you, you just want to go and change up your repertoire of choices. Like I like chicken wings and drumsticks and dark meat chicken versus chicken breast. I mean, chicken mm-hmm. breast is just plain and, you know, boring as hell and it's dry. So I, you know, I eat it, but I'm not, not as often uh, as other people would. Uh, so that's another thing. Look for the, the meats that you enjoy eating. Pork. Pork has good fats in it, and you want some fat, so have some pork. You know, you know, make, try to make it, again, buy your meat organically and enjoy. So whatever yeah. that is that you like, then rotate it. You know, rotate things in and out. Uh, so I'm hoping that gives them some ideas. Uh, you know, there's different ways to cook it, obviously. You can spice it up. But don't be afraid of meat in general. Absolutely. Biggest suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fun with breakfast for me because, you know, I've told you, I try and get creative with breakfast because that's the one time that I don't want to have to think about what I'm going to make, you know, for dinner and lunch, it's a little different if, if I even eat lunch anymore, but, uh, you know, something I'm doing now, I'm chopping up avocados and I cook my bacon and I'll chop that up. And then when I cook my eggs, I throw avocado and bacon into my scrambled eggs. And that's what I have, you know? So, uh, there's different ways to change it up to get exciting. Yeah. Or excited about what you're eating instead of being mundane with it. And the same with chicken or beef or whatever. So, yeah. You know, and, and now there's a ton of recipes online. So, oh, yeah. I mean, just do some searches and, yeah. you know, turkey, turkey. Now, well, they about eating turkey. It has yep. a lot of tryptophan in it. So I'd have that later in the, I'd have that in the evening meal versus during the day because you know, it can make you drowsy, that tryptophan, because it kicks up your serotonin levels. So, absolutely. Uh, just F- 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 FYI on, on that particular protein. <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, Again, we appreciate the content, the questions. We need that for this segment, and we appreciate everybody sending it in. Thank you so much. If you have a topic or a question or something that you'd like us to do a show on, 
get the information to us. The best way is to scan the QR code above our heads. You can contact us that way. You can comment on YouTube right in the comment section of any show, and we will get that. Or you can email support at nspnutrition.com, and we'll get that information directly from you. And who knows, maybe your suggestion or topic will be on next week's show. You never know. But, uh, you know, Armin, we rely on our audience quite a bit, and we appreciate them supporting us. And, uh, you know... Hopefully, uh, you guys are sharing the show with your friends and family so we can make an impact. If we can help Please. one person, man, yeah, that's why we do what we do. All right. Yeah, and again, if you have other ideas, we're all for it. and Trying to make sure everybody gets as good information as possible. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. Join Armin and I next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP show at the checkout. Catch you next time.